This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Continuing on with some very interesting draft talk today and we're not doing a 10 to 1 uh countdown today instead we're doing something that maybe is more important for the baltimore ravens and that is what would it really cost them to trade up and uh, we have a guy here who will give us a couple examples a couple of players that he might trade up for and and pay a very significant cost for uh danny how you doing uh good to meet you ken i've uh been a fan for a few years and um you know i heard that you were having some uh, just fans come on the podcast and, and talk a little draft. Uh, this was kind of my, uh, debate going on in my own head. And, you know, you see it on Twitter all the time of, um, uh, who the Ravens should trade up for. Um, so I kind of want to just do the math and crunch the numbers and hopefully, uh, put a price on how much that would actually cost. Well, appreciate that. And, and Danny, thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening, of course. And, and, uh, where, first of all, where can folks talk football with you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm pretty quiet on Twitter. I, I don't really get into the, the uh, trenches of, of Ravens Twitter, but um, Dan Joseph 0815. Um, that's my uh, Twitter handle. If you ever want to, you know, DM and talk or, uh, you know, I'll probably put some takes on for a random game um, or if the Orioles beat the Yankees today, um, I'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, yeah, we'd love to talk football with anyone um, and, and try to learn more about the game. 
Yeah, so we're recording this the night of 417, just in case any gas mask incidents happen between now and the draft. We know that that's the reason the value has changed. But, Danny, this is this is your show. Um, so so you, the position you're taking, and it's kind of like a, a um, debating club position, if you will, is you, you'd like to take the position that the Ravens should trade up, a, a, a position that is shared by a lot of people on Twitter. They say, Ravens don't need all the current picks. They'd rather have one great player than a bunch of lottery tickets. And how would you address that if you were in Eric DaCosta's position? Yeah, so um, I kind of started thinking about the idea of trading up when um, they mainly had the draft class from last year. Um, And it seemed like they just kind of had an excess, right? Like they traded Sean Wade. Um, I mean, they lit the one fifth round pick on fire with Ben Mason, but... um, you know, the Ravens certainly have a lot of guys that they get undrafted that they like, um, that they ha- kind of have a hard time letting go. Um, or Darius Washington's past season. Um, it seems like they really wanted to keep Nigel Warrior as well. Um, I think he got plucked by the Seahawks. Um, so it seems like every year we the Ravens kind of always have an excess um, when it comes to um, just their draft picks in general. Um, so I wanted to just, you know, try to figure out what exactly they need to do to trade up and um, what that would cost them. Uh, now, I, I will preface all of this by saying I think that they can pick at 14 and get a good player still. Um, okay. And I, you know, I if you, you know, doing the math, if you look at mock drafts and all of that, if they get, you know, two quarterbacks to go, two wide receivers to go, they're going get to get a good player. Um, and I still think that they can find really good value trading back as well. Um, and they're going to need a lot of these picks with Lamar's contract coming up. If they want to build a consistent contender every year, that's definitely the Ravens MO. Um, you know, they'll certainly need these picks. Uh, but, you know, getting an elite player is is appealing and getting an elite player on a rookie contract is the most appealing. So um, I did a little exercise to try to realistically fit. OK, if this player fits slips to this spot, what exactly will this cost? Um and what exactly will the Ravens lose? Uh, so the first player that I, um, you know, took a look at and tried to put a price on it was Iki Aquanu. Uh, and, uh, this is certainly a tackle that, you know, Ravens, um, draft analysts like yourself, um, have really enjoyed looking at and, mm-hmm. you know, to put a price on where the Ravens would trade up for Iki, um, I did the seventh pick, uh, thinking that, you know, if the top three edge rushers go, if Sauce goes, if a quarterback or two go, um, if a team picks Evan Neal over him or if they pick Charles Cross, you know, if Icky somehow gets out of the top five, which I, I have a hard time thinking he'll pass the Jets, um, what will that cost? So uh, using the the uh, JJ chart, the, the, the seventh pick is worth about 1,500 points. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that the Ravens have their own have their own JJ chart, but um, yeah, they, they do. And they, they would value those picks differently and probably flatter. I mean, that's why they like to trade down, but almost all charts are, uh, oh, sorry, almost all trades. If you watch draft night are done via the JJ chart, you can, you can literally know what somebody's trading away, know the likely pick that, you know, is the, is eight spots back or whatever, and know exactly what they're going to give in return in JJ value to, to get that. So whether or not the JJ chart is too peaked and a lot of people would tell you it's the most extreme in that case, it still represents the value you can expect to get as a general manager for trading back. Absolutely. And the, and the giants are a team that, um, 
you know, they, they have a quarterback, but you know, obviously this is kind of Daniel Jones's last year. So, you know, are they looking to get more draft capital for next year? Um, so they could possibly move up to get a quarterback. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that they would operate that as their, as a GM's first draft, but, uh, it's certainly a possibility. So the, to get to the point, um, to get to that pick, to get to the seventh pick, the Ravens would have to trade the 14th pick, um, the 76th pick, their first pick in the uh, third round, mm-hmm. uh, the 119th pick, which is their second pick in the fourth round. And then they would also have to trade a 2023 third rounder. Okay. Which we put as the um, 21st pick in the third round for the following year. Okay, um, in return, the Ravens would get, yep. I just want to go through the math with you on that. So we think the seventh round, the seventh pick is worth 1500 by the JJ chart and the, and number 14 is worth 1100. So you have to find 400 in extra value in picks. Number 76 is about half of that. That's, that's 210. So if you're thinking the Ravens can move up for just a third round pick, uh uh-uh, that's about half the value. Then you're trading 74, sorry, number 119, which is worth, it's actually worth 56 points. I mean, we might have, might, have be, might be 110 they have to give up. Yeah, we may have to give up 110. Okay, so let's say 110. And then in 2023, the way, you, the way that I like to do this anyway is to look at about the 21st pick of that round, which is the last playoff pick. You figure the Ravens for that. That one would be worth 165, and you deduct 20% of its value, or you take 80% of this value, which would put that at 132 points that that's worth. So we're assuming they get pick number 85 in the draft is worth about 132 a year deferred. So 132 plus 74 plus 210 gives me 416 points to add to the 1100. And so it might be reasonable to get a sixth round pick back in return because we're going to, we're going to put that at about 16 points worth. Yeah. All so right. that's a, that's a steep price to move up seven spots uh, for one player. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of, you know, allows us as Ravens fans to see that you have to give up a third rounder, fourth rounder this year um, and a future third And next year. They're not projected to get any comp picks. Um, they're not, you know, losing that pick would be kind of catastrophic uh, for a team that's going to have a quarterback that they're going to be paying a lot of money in the future. Yeah. And, and next year, because of the uh, comp pick rules, the Ravens are not going to have an additional, any additional picks in the draft. So they'll have their starting seven. They might have picks they acquired during this draft if they do some resetting, which I think is possible. Trade down out of the fourth round, pick up, you know, a later pick plus a pick next year. Uh, that's certainly possible, but uh, uh, the Ravens will not have additional picks. So you, you've, you've done two things with this. You've, you've lost the Ravens one pick this year because they're trading three for two to get a six-round pick. And then you've also shorting them a pick for next year uh, in this process. So Aquano, I, I, let's just talk briefly about Aquano, the player. Um, he, he's a great guy to move up for if you're going to move up. I mean, he's definitely a guy who can who can address your left tackle situation and can also play guard. I think Neil is also there. He's certainly played guard already during his uh, his career. But uh, is you differentiate between Aquano and Neil in terms of where you want them? I do, um, and you know, I I think that's more of a ceiling thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you watch Aquano play, it's 
it's it's like it's like watching a running back like it's so much fun to watch him right he just he's physical he's dominant uh he reminds me of trent williams the way that he plays um you know like when you when i watch trent williams go in motion during the nfc divisional round um you know i was watching a quantu play and i said i think he can do that um but yeah, really powerful, you know, run blocker. And yeah, he's not polished in the, in the past game. It's certainly not as polished as Neil or, or, or cross. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think that that talent is there. And I mean, having him play guard next to Ronnie Stanley, that, that'd just be, I mean, that'd be, yeah, that'd get them probably back towards that 2019 uh, dominance they had. Um, so if that intrigues you. I think that that player is probably worth it, uh, worth it to give up that many picks it's a good discussion to have, but, um, Aquanu is just, you know, lightning in a bottle on tape and, uh, certainly fun to watch. All right. All right. Well, that's, that's certainly something worth pondering. Now let's talk about your other two options here as well. And they both involve the eighth overall pick. So yeah, yeah the eighth pick, um, the two guys I had slotted for the eighth pick to, for the Ravens straight up four were Kayvon Thibodeau, um, and Evan Neal. Uh, now I, you know, a lot, these guys have been, uh, fluctuating anywhere from, you know, the third overall pick, the second overall pick to the eight, nine area. Um, so again, this goes with just similar that certain quarterbacks or certain, uh, wide receivers are picked ahead of them. Um, and one of these guys slips to the Ravens, which would be, or, or slips to eight that they would have the ability to trade up for. Um, well, I'll start with Thibodeau first. Um, I think we have a few receipts this off season that, um, DaCosta has tried to, uh, get a, you know, solidify the pass rush, uh, with the reports that they offered Emmanuel Agba, um, and then the Zedarius Smith fiasco, right. It seems like, um, DaCosta wants to solidify that spot, um, and solidify getting a pass rusher to pair with Owe. Um, mm-hmm. so Thibodeau just doing the math on the, um, JJ chart, if they were to get to, um, if they were to get, try to get to the eighth pick, that pick is worth uh, 1400 points um, per the, per the chart. Uh, that would take the 76 pick, the same pick that we use in the Aquano deal, their first third round pick um, as well as the hundredth pick, their second third rounder. Um, if you use those two picks, the 76 pick is worth 210 points. And then the hundredth pick is worth a hundred. So that'll mm-hmm. get them to 310 so with the ravens pick being 1100 points plus 310 gets him to 1410 atlanta who has the eighth pick right now would in return give back a six rounder with the eighth pick and the ravens would be picking eighth overall Mm -hmm. so that's it you'd be giving up again three picks for two so you lose one pick this year that's fine could even be an opportunity to get a sixth uh, depending on how good Eric Tocasta is at negotiating that, maybe even a fifth next year um, in exchange uh, as well and give them a little reset value on the draft. But I kind of I do like the idea of not losing more than one pick in any trade. I hate the idea of, you know, to, to go back a long way to Ricky Williamsing a trade where you, you give away many more picks to get one. Um, I, 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 prefer, I prefer to uh, have three for two this year. Yeah. And, and, you know, like one thing I try to do is, um, you know, it's, it's easy to say like, we're going to give up the 76 pick or the hundredth pick. And, you know, I try to put a face to that pick, um, mainly with like Justin Matabike, that's around the area where they got Matabike, um, about two years ago in, t- in 2020, when they traded down in the second round. Um, 
I mean, he is like, could you imagine their defense without him this year? Like having that depth that they were rolling, if they were rolling out when Campbell was hurt, when, um, when Williams was hurt. Um, I mean, he didn't, he certainly wasn't, you know, an all pro or anything like that, but you know, just having that piece is, is so valuable. Um, and when you start putting faces to these picks, you start to realize how much these will actually cost. Um, you know, if you're giving away the 76 pick, if you're, you know, if you're giving up a developmental tackle, uh, for, for Ronnie's for right tackle or for Ronnie Stanley, um, then two years are contributing. Uh, it's just really, it just really starts to put faces to, um, how much these will cost, but Thibodeau certainly could be worth it. Um, you know, I, I know you've, you've gone in depth with him on, on the edge podcast, but, uh, certainly brings a more polished pass rush than, a um, Trayvon Walker, uh, and kind of has the, the tools, uh, to maybe become an elite pass rusher in the NFL. Um, certainly there are outside noises with him that people have kind of, you know, dropped him down draft boards a little bit. Um, but I just, you know, when, when you watch him on tape, it, it, it does kind of show that when he's on, he could obviously be the best player in this class. Um, but you know, his consistency issue issues have certainly, um, let the idea of sliding, uh, become apparent. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with, um, uh, you know, the, the, any of the other, stuff that is being discussed with Thibodeau not really but uh I I'm I think he is a little bit less polished obviously than Hutchinson nobody's more polished than Hutchinson um but but he still has upside I mean he still has growth potential in terms of what he can be has remarkable bend and for his size a remarkable ability to get into the shoulder of that uh defensive back I'm sorry of the uh, offensive tackle it's it's like he's a man who's like four inches shoulder shorter doing it so uh, I, I'm, you know, I like him a lot. I would love to get Neil at number eight. Uh, also, um, it all comes back down to how much are you really trading away um, in terms of, of value here. It is a lot to trade away, and I, I wanted to try and give some, to tell somebody about my mock drafts who I had picked to those positions. But then I made a trade involving seventy six and whatnot. Let me just tell you, even trading down seventy six to eighty six. The two guys I had at 86 and 100 were Damian Pierce, the running back of Florida. And number 100, I had Rashid Wallace, the tackle. Yep. I that right. From Penn State. Uh, I'm sorry, Rashid Walker, the tackle yeah. from Penn State. Yes. I knew it, that name didn't sound wrong right to me as, as I was saying. Uh, yeah. So it, it's not, by the way, don't really love Rashid Walker. Uh, but he's kind of as you as the tackles start to fall off the board, he's one of the guys who gets left. So it seems like in a lot of these mock drafts, he's 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 being mocked to the Ravens. Fair yeah, bit. yeah. Walker, um, Falele. It, it's whenever I you know see fans post mock drafts, mm-hmm. like it's like oh we we got our tackle, we we plugged them in uh, into the third round, and yeah, that's that's great. But you know what what can they offer? You know what is their upside? Um, you know did did Walker really show enough against? you know, those top tier pass rushers that he has a future in the NFL. Um, it certainly just makes you question, but do you think, uh, just to get your opinion, cause I, I, you know, I do, I do like Evan Neal a lot. Do you think Evan Neal is just one of those guys that would be worth it to, to go up? Tremendous value. He's already, um, fairly polished, but not perfect. Not so there's no, no more upside. His balance, uh, left to right is very, is, is good. Um, he has some uh, forward balance issues that sometimes he, he lets his hands get ahead of his feet uh, as he's playing. But otherwise, I, I really like him. I mean, a, very versatile in terms of where he can be. He solves uh, your left tackle 
insurance situation and also can play somewhere else. I'm not of the opinion that the Ravens really need to get another guy to play one of those other positions if Ronnie Stanley is healthy. Uh, But people get hurt. Moses, between Moses, Cleveland and Zeitler, who are all, I think, pretty secure in their jobs, uh, you know, you would you probably end up with an injury at some point during the year and you'd love to have Evan Neal. And then next year or whenever the time comes, you'd love to have Evan Neal be your left tackle of the future. Uh, you know, at some point he'd, he'd be, he'd be you know, probably a left guard and then a left tackle. But, yeah, he's 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 got it. He's He's got exactly what I want. Yeah, totally agree. And I, you know, I think Ravens fans have kind of forgotten about Ben Cleveland. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're looking at some of like the nastiness that Quanu shows on tape. I mean, if Ben Cleveland can start playing with that kind of nasty, um, that controlled nasty, not like Trevor Penning nasty, but, um, (laughs) you know, that uh, that could really take his game to another level. Yeah, he's he uh, Neil. Neil doesn't really have that. Quanu is is a um, slaver over the corpse left tackle. I mean, he really, he really takes time to stand over the player. Even I would say to his detriment, it'll be coached out of him pretty quickly at the NFL level, but you better be making a level two block. If you're on a run play and you, and you knock that defensive tackle down, you know, don't just raise your arms and stand over or teabag him or whatever it is they're doing. You know, they, they need to get up to block into level two and make another block. So anyway, yeah, I, I like him tremendously. He's a very physical player. Yeah. So then my, my final one, the final guy to trade up for, and this is my favorite one. If they were going to do any of these, this is the one that I would want them to do. Um, it's sauce Gardner at pick 10. Um, now I, I am of the opinion that sauce Gardner could easily be the number one, number one player in this class. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Hutchinson deserves that title right now. And, um, certainly Hutchinson is going to be the first overall pick, but I think sauce, you sh- you can wait till 10 for a few reasons. Historically, corners are a little more volatile in the draft process than, um, let's say, like an early an early tackle or edge rusher. Um, corners, like uh, just an example, like Jeffrey Okuda um, in the 2020 draft. I mean, I like read everywhere that he was the most sure thing of any position. He's similar to Chase Young levels. And um, certainly injuries have derailed him, but he was not, you know, he wasn't as dominant um, as a rookie and a lot of it has to do with scheme, but sauce fits our scheme. And that's why it's kind of, you know, worth, it would be worth it to maybe trade up for him. Um, so the, the 10th pick, uh, that picked in order to get there, the Ravens JJ chart has the 14th pick at 1100. The 10th pick is at 1300. So the Ravens need 200 points in order to get there. Um, now that would take the 14th pick and the 76 pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. In return, you'd hope that the Ravens pick up a six rounder. But um, if it's two for one deal like that, which most trades when you're moving, you know, in that part of the draft are, you kind of need to do a two for one. Um, when the Bucks traded up for Tristan Worth, this was like a similar trade where they traded a third um, to move up one or two slots. Uh, but that would get them there. Um, and ideally, that's not as steep of a price to get to eight um, or even get to seven. Um Sauce is one of the most beloved people in the, uh, in the draft process. Um, I think every single time I hear uh, Todd McShay talk about Sauce, uh, he talks about his personality and, and at the combine, uh, how much of an alpha he was and how he, he lit up the cornerback room and, and coaches fell in love with him. I, I mean, I hope that a team is, for whatever reason, just in love with a quarterback or in love with a wide receiver, they need to take them over Sauce. Um, I think that he's a player that 
if they were to do this, I think that, you know, if they got him at 10, I think that that might actually be worth giving up the 76 pick for. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd go ahead and say I think 10 is a very nice spot for the Ravens to consider moving up and trading 76. I think it's a gamble. You know, 76 is it could be a very good football player this year. But but if you're going to you're going to get a real superstar, if you're going to get Thibodeau or Neal or Cross or any of the offensive tackles, Thibodeau, Gardner. Don't think I'd do it for Kyle Hamilton, even though I think he's a great player. I just I don't think he fits the Ravens need as much. Um, Gardner Gardner is going to kick Humphrey inside. So that actually will cost the Ravens a little bit in terms of his value. I still think it's worth it. I think he's that kind of a player, and he takes over for Peters on the outside a year from now, and it's Peters and Humphrey then for the next, you know, five years. Yeah, I, and I mean that like having Marlon Humphrey and Sauce Gardner Johnson right. as your two corners. I mean that would be you wouldn't have to worry about cornerback for for a long time. Um, and while Humphrey, I, you know, his value outside is is precious, and you know the Ravens pay him a lot of money for him to be an outside corner that's as dominant as he is he's a darn good slot corner too. Um, and you know, he, when you can line him up and he plays, you know, his physical game on the slot, um, he's really valuable there. And you know, when, when you watch all these Bengals games and you see Tyler Boyd just consistently getting those eight yard catches, those first downs, having a Marlon Humphrey in the slot wouldn't be as bad of a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, it's, uh, we can, we can dream, but sauce, I mean, I think sauce will probably be gone before 10, but we can certainly dream. He's, he's the player of the, of the four here. He's the most of a sure thing to, to be gone before 10. And if and the other guys, I think it's still kind of a long shot that any of them drops to 10. When I say a long shot, it might be, it might be 20%. And it kind of depends on, on a lot of the quarterback and wide receiver stuff, as you've kind of hinted at before. Um, it's It's not inconceivable that three quarterbacks get taken in the top 10. I'm hoping... Okay. We had, by the way, did a great show with Mark Schofield. We recorded it last night. I think it was last night, but anyway, it won't be out for a, for a few more days yet. Um, and he says that the, that the, the big thing the Ravens should, should be excited about is Jimmy Garoppolo still being a San Francisco 49er on draft yes. day. If yep. that happens, then people are looking to the draft and there might really be a run on quarterbacks. It could start as early as number two, but even if it starts at six, it could be six, eight, and another pick before fourteen. So, lots of opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're doing the math in your head, and you know, you think about like the players that you want the Ravens to draft. You're making a list in your head to say, I'd be I'd be okay with this person at, at pick fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you have Garrett Wilson get drafted, Jameson Williams, um, Drake London, assuming the Ravens aren't in the wide receiver market, which I don't think they will be in round yeah. one. Um, you pair those with one or two quarterbacks. They're they're going to get someone good at 14 and um, it certainly makes the exercise of trading up, you know, not, not as fun and, and to dream, but um, you know, I think we'll be proud of the 14th pick. If we, if we get a little lucky, one or two quarterbacks go one or two wide receivers go. Um, and so and someone good just parachutes down to the Ravens. It's, it's almost impossible for that not to happen, frankly. Uh, you know, it might be, it might be McDuffie. If you, if you don't like McDuffie as much as some other people do, I love McDuffie. McDuffie's, I love McDuffie. He's, yeah, he's, he's lower in terms of measurables, unbelievable production, 3.1 yards per target uh, this last year. So just it's uh, 
very exciting player in terms of the action. And he's the guy who can actually go in and play the slot right away and let Humphrey stay on the outside. So you, you, you don't lose any Humphrey value to offset the value of your pick. So if that's the worst you do at 14, I think that's fine. I think, frankly, McDuffie might, might go a few picks later than that. If the Ravens even wanted to trade down and get him, um, you know, Jordan Davis is. It, I'd be fine with that pick. I'd be fine with Jermaine Johnson if he was the one of the four big pass rushers who's left. Uh, I'd be fine with a lot of guys. I just, I, I, it really takes a shutout of wide receivers and quarterbacks. I think to really make this not a super exciting pick. And if it is, if there's a shutout on on those positions. The Ravens may have value on their hands in terms of somebody wanting to reach up for that wide receiver they really like or the quarterback they really like at 14, and by all means, then trade down. But I want to thank you for coming on, Danny, because here's what was really good about this show. You're putting a practical, responsible look at what it would cost to trade up, and, and you're putting real values on it as opposed to just hand-waving away. They'll do it, whatever it needs to be done. Trade future pick. Blah, blah. You know, you hear this stuff on Twitter. It's people who, who don't really want to consider what the consequences are of trading down, and you're doing that very well, and you're actually, I can see you really trying to weigh that and make sense of it. So really appreciate having you on. I wish we had more guests like you who would, who would take this kind of a very considered approach and, and really do their research in advance. No, thank you for having me on. I, I really, uh, I really had a great time and, uh, it was, a, it was a fun exercise to do. And I mean, certainly when you do those PFF mock drafts, it, it's, uh, it's easy to mortgage the future to get a great player, but, uh, hopefully this put a price on, on what it would take for some of those guys. I, I just, I saw somebody in a PFF mock, by the way, today who sent it to me and he made two trades to start off the draft for the Ravens. And he won both of them, won both trades by 200 plus JJ points. So yeah. Something about that PFF mock draft machine that is and one was a trade up one was a trade down so it's not like an obvious flatter valuation situation that they use a different chart embedded in their trades or anything so it was, it was weird i just i couldn't understand how we won two trades that big yeah they their chart is different than the jj chart i remember when they were analyzing the orlando brown trade they were given they were given some different values out so um it certainly makes it fun for the fans though all right. Okay. Well, that's Danny. Danny, uh, other folks out there, if you want to be on the show, be like Danny, uh, give us your best, best shot at why the Ravens ought to trade down or why the Ravens ought to draft a center instead of a guard or why the Ravens need to draft a guy who's only a left tackle as opposed, as opposed to a guy who can play several positions and left tackle is just one of them that you hope it works out. Uh, but he's a good player, maybe at guard or he's a good player at right tackle. Uh, I want to hear relational draft theories and we're going to have as many as we can of those on prior to draft night on the 28th on the 28th we hope you'll join us join us for that danny of course we'd love to have you for that too uh to have a uh zoom call that we do and we're not exactly sure the exact format we'll use but it was zoom in before it's a draft watch party uh, we'll have a great panel of uh regular content providers for filmstudybaltimore.com on who will also be there uh answering your questions and you'll have a chance to interact with them and whatnot always been really fun in the past yeah we'd love to come on yeah thank you so much uh danny thanks again for uh for coming on and we'll talk to you next time on film study thank you This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.